0: Hi, this is Abby from English with Abigail. I'm just popping in to invite you to Momentum, the work along summit for English language teachers. It's happening from the 23rd to the 25th of April 2023 online and it's free to attend. This is the summit for you if you want to start or grow your own teaching business. Erin will be there too, presenting on how to take a new look at grammar and refresh your teaching approach. We have experts from all over the world who will be helping you to take action to start and grow your teaching business. You can join us for free at eltmomentum.com. See you there.
1: Welcome to Everything EFL, my name's Erin O'Byrne and I firmly believe that you as a teacher are special, amazing, creative and passionate but it's very easy to get burnt out and overwhelmed. With my podcast and my teacher training, I aim to help you avoid burnout and cut down on your prep time so you can unleash your creativity and enjoy your work more mindfully. Are you ready? Let's go. So my guest today is an author, a teacher, a teacher educator and a graphic facilitator and many more things beside. Please welcome Emily Bryson. Hi, Emily. Welcome to Everything EFL.
0: Hi. Nice to have, nice to be here.
1: It's a pleasure to have you. I'm really excited about this. Um, just for the listeners, can you just nutshell your career a little bit?
0: Uh, OK, so I started teaching in 2002 in Poland at summer camp. And then when I finished university, I went on to South Korea and taught there for a year. And when I returned, I did a CELTA and started teaching at City of Glasgow College, which was then Glasgow Metropolitan College. So I teach people seeking refuge, asylum seekers. um, And at that point, lots of people from the European Union. Sadly, Brexit has changed that. Um, I did a lot of secondments, one for the Scottish Refugee Council, one for Education Scotland, where I was advising MSPs on ESOL policy. uh, That's members of Scottish Parliament for those that don't have a Scottish hat on. Um, And then the ESOL Network project, I was linking up different ESOL providers across Glasgow. Uh, And then obviously the whole way through that, I was teaching English at the college. Um, And then one day a graphic facilitator came to my college and just blew my mind with the very simple drawings that she used. And since then, I've just got completely obsessed with it and have turned it into courses and trainings and webinars and books and all sorts of cool stuff for my learners and for my course participants, etc.
1: Brilliant. And that's exactly why I've invited you on the show.
0: Um, What exactly is graphic facilitation? So it's been around in English language teaching for, for a long time, really, in different forms. So, for example, if you think of graphic organizers or Venn diagrams, mind maps, um, these are all visual methodologies that would kind of be used as graphic facilitators. But uh, graphic facilitation, uh, if you Google graphic facilitation, basically what comes up are lots of very simple drawings and visuals that express points so, like organizations such as Google, for example, have used it to like strategize and plan. Um, architects use it for their design thinking. Engineers use it as well. And so, basically, it's a way of using really simple drawings to make plans, to convey meaning, to inspire ideas. So, I'll give you a few activities, etc., as we talk through to give you more of an idea and a feel for it. And yeah. the it's not about art; it's about create developing a visual vocabulary of icons. So I use a lot of simple icons. If you follow me, you'll notice that I use quite a lot of the same icons again and again. Like, for example, a light bulb, a pencil, uh, a hand, like a supportive hand, that kind of thing. And it's just about learning to draw them, just the same way that you would learn to draw any or learn any other language.
1: So interesting. And I expect that teachers probably have used at least one or more forms of graphic facilitation throughout their career regardless of whether they realize
0: yeah no. yeah absolutely like we've been drawing for years I mean was it Andrew Wright had that lovely book about a thousand um drawings for teachers yes yeah oh, a classic. everybody's favorite yeah I've got yeah. it under here, actually yeah. yeah
1: I've used that a few times not not recently but um in my old school we had that and it was dead handy dead handy yeah
0: yeah, and there's so there's so many like methodology books that have drawings in them, etc. So, I mean, it, it has been around in different uh, in in different ways for many moons. So, how does it benefit students? So, since I've started using it, I have found that my classes have become much more supportive. Um, So, for example, I teach a lot of uh, students with developing literacy. Maybe literacy is their first, this is the first time they're learning to read and write in their first language as well as their second language. Um, And my whiteboards used to be just a whole lot of words, which isn't very supportive for any student, really, I don't think. But then now my whiteboards are words with supportive pictures next to them, which makes things easier for students to understand. It helps students to retain information for longer. Helps them to memorize. They can take pictures of it. They can copy it if they want to. Um, Yeah, it's a lot really supportive. I use it a lot for rubrics as well. So maybe um, if a student has some homework, I'll maybe doodle on it. Like you need to listen to this or you need to watch this video. If they're not entirely sure what the task is, for example, I'll add like a little icon like like a pencil to say this is your writing task just to make sure that they understand exactly what they're doing. It's also fun and it's engaging. And I think it's just a different way of learning. I think it kind of adds a little bit of magic and mystique to classes as well. It also reduces processing load. So if you've got like neurodiverse learners or learners maybe with dyslexia, um, it can reduce the amount of, um, like if you've got a whole page of text like you can simplify it into a few different icons or support it with a few icons to make it easier to understand.
1: It's amazing, isn't it? Um, yeah. I love that idea of like writing, you know, a drawing like a pen or something to, to help students, you know, say, OK, you're writing because literacy. I mean, I've taught literacy a very long time ago. It's tough. Yeah. And progress is slow, you mm-hmm. know. And it's just something that didn't really occur to me to to really do that. And I wish I'd known that back in the day because I'm sure I could have been a lot more effective. But how do students generally respond to it? Because, I, I mean, like sometimes with adults, um, I try to use it a bit. Like I say, you know, if you can draw a picture, draw a picture instead. And sometimes I'll draw a picture on the board of like a whatever. And I, I say, copy it. Don't write the word. You know, don't write the translation. Copy it. And some of them are really into it. And you yeah. see some of them just like, Hmm, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so it's the same. I never force any of my students to draw. The yeah. beauty of graphic facilitation is that you can draw and then the students can either add their own drawings or just add their own text and interact with it in their own way. Um, some of my students, as you said, completely love it and other students don't really want to get involved. But at the same time, um, what, I, what I did last year was a little bit of in action research. So I think I got to the point where I thought, am I being that pain in the neck teacher that's kind of trying to encourage students to draw it if they want to? Because I would say, if you want to draw it, then you can. Whereas I just last year just decided not to mention anything, not to guide them in any way. And a lot of the students just naturally started giving me their homework with doodles in it anyway, which was really quite nice to see. But I, I guess I kind of modelled it and then they just knew that it was a safe place to tr- to play around. And so they just went for it. Um, Makes perfect sense. yeah, the sense. students really, they respond well to having the my own doodles on the whiteboard or on their worksheets or whatever. Um, they find that really helpful. And a lot of the doodles that I create are very simple. Like, for example, a pencil is basically a rectangle with a triangle at the end of it. It's all just shapes, putting shapes together. Like a watch is a circle with a couple of squares above and below. If that makes sense, yeah, Another absolutely. Nail shape in the
1: middle. It sounds very much like the the stuff in the book that you just mentioned, A Thousand One Pictures. It's all very much a circle on top of a stick and on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Love it. Yeah. Um,
0: so, how does it benefit teachers then? So, lots of different ways again. Uh, it reduces my prep time or it has reduced my prep time because now I've got quite a lot of visual tools that I can know that I can just go in and draw there was a couple of times last year that I went into class and for whatever reason my computer wasn't working and I still managed to get a three hour lesson out of some drawings on the whiteboard (laughs) Um, um, that's the dream (laughs) yeah I know (laughs) great great. Uh, it's also easier to get the point across it's a great way of concept checking, have the students understood. You can draw a doodle and see, have they understood, get them to describe it. Or you can get them to draw to show that they've understood something, for example. Um, also, I found that it rejuvenated my teaching module. I don't know about you, but I've been, well, that's 20, the best part of 20 years that I've been teaching. So I've had some slumps in my time. I don't know about you. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You do kind of get a little bit bored with teaching the present perfect
0: again yeah. And again <laughs> yeah so when I went once I did my graphic facilitation training it just it just rejuvenated me at every class kind of almost became like playtime like oh how can I use it this time how will I try to use that and then you use the same tools but for different things um or you can use them for like one, one, one activity can be so adaptable to completely different situations that you get lots of different fuel out of it really Yes yeah, so my use... my yeah my teaching sorry, sorry. <laughs> my teaching has now kind of become a bit like um somewhere between using the course book dogma and graphic facilitation i don't know what kind of methodology that is a methodology mashup
1: the bryson methodology the bryson yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should
0: paint in that
1: yeah yeah <laughs> um do you use it to teach grammar
0: i do yeah, Can he I put you on the spot. Everything and anything. Yeah.
1: All right, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um I'm doing the dreaded past simple versus present perfect next week and I yeah. have my own ways of doing it but I'd be very interested to know how you would do that.
0: Okay. So past simple uh, thing is a lot of it's kind of when I use t- depends on what I'm teaching and what um what grammar point I'm teaching. So for example, the Past simple, I would kind of go back to timelines in a way. Timelines, and okay. maybe have like finished time as being like a line going backwards with a cross on it, or like hmm. two lines going down down to show that it's um, finished in the past. Um, whereas Present Perfect, actually Dan Barber put me onto this. Um, he has a lovely, if you Google ELT, or if you search for ELT, hashtag ELT whiteboard on Twitter, Dan Barber has some really lovely drawings on this he created this whiteboard and it's like a bridge between the past and the present so he drew a bridge with a stream running through it and in the past he'll have like for example I have eaten my lunch and then on the left hand side he'll have put ate lunch and on the right hand side I'm not hungry something like that to bridge the gap to show that there is a connection between the past and the present so the bridge analogy shows a little connection
1: i like that yeah yeah that's, lovely because i think in every language that would translate
0: yeah yeah nice
1: okay yeah. good stuff so um do you have some activities you'd like to share with us what are sort of your top five or so activities you like to do in class now i know that we're both big fans of
0: mindfulness so i'm very much looking forward to hearing your ideas Cool. Okay. So in terms of well-being, so I teach a lot of students who maybe have uh, post-traumatic stress Mm. or depression, mental health, um, or just confidence issues. A lot Mm -hmm. of students have confidence issues with um, being able to speak in English. So one of the things I really like doing, and I've written an LA blog post on this, actually. So you can search for la.com, Emily Bryson, ELT, and then Inner Troll, Inner Angel, and this blog post will come up. And it's got the, you'll be able to see the pictures on it. And this is basically, um, so you draw a, a troll, which kind of looks like a devil, really. So it's a circle with a couple of horns on it, just very simple. And then you draw an angel, which is basically just a smiley face with another circle around it. And then a couple of thought bubbles at the top. And the inner troll, in the, in the inner troll, So you ask students to copy that into their notebooks and it's really simple. So students generally do manage to copy it perfectly fine and are perfectly happy with doing that, even if they just copy the um, speech bubble. And then they fill in the thoughts that they have that their inner troll has. So the inner troll is all the negative things that your brain says to you. So I don't know about you, but my inner troll can be quite active sometimes and really quite mean probably meaner than any other person that i know <laughs> it's a
1: constant battle that's what i tell my
0: students it's a constant yeah. battle and then, so, so they write all of the things that your inner troll says to you and then on the other side on the other speech bubble, not speech bubble thought bubble sorry uh, write about the inner angel and all the things that your inner angel would say so for example if you're giving yourself a hard time the students are saying oh, my speaking is terrible for example your inner, Their inner angel might say, no, your speaking's really good. You speak intermediate level English. This is a really good level, for example. And then at the end, when they've got all their uh, inner troll and inner angel thoughts, ask them to take the inner angel. And then if they've written it in their notebooks, just scribble it out so that they can't see it anymore. And do it quite viciously. <laughs> it's quite therapeutic doing that. Or if they've done it on a couple of post-it notes, get them to tear it up into tiny little pieces and then throw it in the bin. Because we don't want to listen to the inner troll. We only want to listen to the inner angel. That's really nice.
1: Um, You actually told me about this the other week and I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to try this. So last week I started with a quote from RuPaul, who is my hero. (laughs) Um, If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? And we kind of introduced the idea of that inner demon, that inner angel and devil talking in your ear. And then we did the exercise. And then I said, look, if you want to share it, with your partner go for it if you don't don't um and then I said okay we'll come back to that but I didn't do the scribbling out I'm going to do that next week Uh um so the next day we came back to it and I said I want you to open your notebooks again and find your devil and angel thing cover the negative stuff focus on the positive stuff take a couple of things and we're going to make an affirmation Oh, nice. So like things were like, I can do it. I'm strong or I'm, you know, I'm having a great time here and my friends are great. So everybody had an affirmation by the Lovely. end of it as well. So we took the, kind of the positive stuff. But yeah, next week, I'm going to say to them, open your book, scribble out that negative stuff. That's yeah, really yeah, yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Love it.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's so simple. And you, yeah, you can do it. You can, it's the kind of thing you can use for yourself or in class.
1: Do you just stick to the context of learning for
0: that, or is it just all the voices in your head? <laughs> it depends it depends on the group uh, yeah, I mean, if they're having a tough day thinking about their it could be like, yeah, it depends on the group really it could be if if it could be for a wider mental health lesson or it could be for focus on study skills or focus on language learning or.
1: Kind of a, good, a good reflection because I think a lot of people, students, especially when they get to that kind of intermediate level, they very much feel like they're plateauing, and they are very often mm. do. But if you do something like this, it might actually make them realize how much they've, how far they've come as well. The distance
0: travelled, yeah. Mm. Love yeah. it. Okay, what's your next one? Okay, so the other one is keeping in line with the uh, um, mindfulness and meditation because you requested that. Got uh, so the other ones are kind of active meditation. So you may have guessed from my many job titles, but I get, I like to spin a lot of plates. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not the kind of person that's very good at sitting still. And when it comes to meditation, I'm generally pretty rubbish at it. Uh, I just cannot get my brain to be quiet. I get bored when I sit still for too long. So I've created this kind of active meditation. So a lot. Of what I've learned is it is it. I think it's a body scan. Is it not really a body scan, but you kind of look at your five senses. So, what do you f- um, feel? What can you hear? What can you see? What can you taste? What can you smell? And what what are your emotions as well? So you draw six icons in your notebook, or like I like to use like a bullet journal. You could actually do this on a daily basis if you want, and then track them and look back at them which would be quite cool to do Mm. Uh, but you basically draw an icon in graphic facilitation we call these containers so the container is basically an icon that's drawn big enough to contain information Mm. so you like for example you draw a big eye a big nose a big mouth uh, a big ear uh, a big heart uh, and a big hand and in the big eye you write what can you see and then you can maybe add a couple of extra doodles of things that you want to see as well, because it's about the therapeuticness of drawing, the whole process of drawing it and thinking about it is quite active and therapeutic, and you're focusing on one thing. Uh, and then what can you smell? And then you maybe make notes about what you can smell, what can you hear? And then you make notes about what you can hear. You can maybe add some doodles to that as well. And then you just continue through all the senses, your hand, um, and your feelings for example and yeah I just find it it takes maybe about five minutes to do and I feel like it focuses my brain better it gets me away from my phone it gets me away from my computer it gets me just to stop and think about me for a minute but in a really active way so I think it's probably quite good for uh, maybe students who who are maybe a bit distracted so it could be for learners with ADHD for example or just learners who are quite new to meditation as well Mm, or focus rather than trying to clear your mind
1: (laughs) yeah yeah okay and do you sometimes just draw everything rather
0: than writing anything oh i tend to draw and write but actually yeah just drawing would be fine and Mm -hmm. you could draw the same thing over and over again actually because when you're when you're building your visual vocabulary um you don't just draw, like even draw a light bulb for the very first time. And it's unlikely you're going to be completely perfect the first time unless you already are an artist. And um, mm-hmm. so it does take a bit of practice. So the more, um, yeah, the more you do it, the the, the better it will be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it will be, and it's quite therapeutic to do. Actually, um, one of my one-to-one coaching clients gave me feedback the other day saying, um, I find myself working through your course and smiling. Oh, which, well, yeah, just made me feel great. And uh, yeah, I just thought, you know, how many ELT courses, professional development courses could say that.
1: So. <laughs> I like that idea. And I think if you did that in the class as well, just some nice meditation music in the background would just yeah. be perfect for that. Yeah. I, love, I love playing music and when they're doing like writing or anything like that, a little bit of plinky plonky meditation music. It's just lovely. And one of my students actually came up to my desk today Uh, the other day and sort of was looking at my phone and actually took a picture of the the YouTube channel (laughs) that I was using and posted it in the class whatsapp group (laughs) oh nice yeah very nice okay what next
0: yeah okay next is another versatile tool that so I like creating um so when my students are listening quite often in like in language teaching we Give each give let student, get students to listen to audio recordings and get them to answer questions at the same time. And the problem with that is that um they're concentrating on reading all the questions at the same time as listening, which is quite inauthentic because in the real world you're not going to be reading a question and listening at the same time. Mm. But also, it's quite a lot to process, especially if, you've, if you're if you developing your literacy skills. So what I quite like to do is I'll take the comprehension questions for a listening or reading text and then try to summarise them into one icon. So create, on, maybe on the whiteboard, for each question, an icon or a container, for example. And then when the students are listening or reading they're not listening or reading to the question, but they're just looking at that icon. So, for example, if the question is, maybe, no, know," uh, So, for example, I made one for National Geographic Learning's Voices series for a webinar I Was delivering on accessible learning. And it was on the hummingbirds lesson. And the hummingbird has, the questions were basically, what weight is the hummingbird? What speed is it? Um, where does it live? So, for example, I had a flag for where does it live. I had a weight for like a like a weight that you would find on top of a, a scales, for example, to say the weight. And then students listen and then just write the weight and the um, and the place that the, the place that it's from, rather than having to read the whole question at the same time. It's freaking genius, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Graphic organizers are just amazing. So. Uh, yeah I, I, I'm speechless
1: that's so and it's so simple it's I know. so simple but yeah that cognitive I mean you see students struggling all the time you give them a bit of time to read the questions but they're listening and
0: they're yeah it's it's so true did you come up with that I did I wow. feel like somebody else must have come up with it somewhere but um yeah it just it just dawned on me one day I was like why are we getting students to do it like there's so much text mm actually, in, in, in these questions a lot of the time. I mean, it's not probably going to train them for exams because exams, you do need to know how to read the text and answer it. But if you're training them for listening, for listening's sake, then it's revolutionary.
1: It is. Oh, I'm so yeah. going to try that next week.
0: <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> okay, Let's well, go next... The other thing is a roadmap. So a roadmap is quite a common visual template for graphic organizers to use. The graphic organizers, graphic facilitators, sorry, to use. Graphic facilitator is the person. (laughs) Graphic organizer is the one of the way, one of the tools that we use. A roadmap is basically you draw a road and maybe some hills in the background and the direction of the road basically depends on whether you're looking backwards or looking forwards and i do have a blog post on this i think it's called teaching life skills or goal setting or something like that um and the roadmap yeah so you can use it for reflection as well so basically if you have the roadmap looking into the horizon on the left if that makes sense and then the and it kind of comes out the way and the road gets bigger towards you for perspective then you'd maybe be looking backwards to reflect. and It's a good way of getting students to think about their learning, distance travelled, have they achieved their goals, and then you could continue the road into where do you want to be next. Or you could flip it round and have the road going into the horizon um, towards the right, which would be where do you want to be in the future, Uh, or even have it travelling up a hill if it's going to be something particularly difficult. um, So that's quite good for figuring out where you are now and where you want to be. It's good for reflecting on what where you are now and where you were. Um, It's good also for things like, like for example, when I was starting my business and um, um, when I was setting up my business in online courses and etc. I kind of st- drew out, drew out my my business plan in a way so it's quite good for business students too business students can use it i love that yeah it really is just a really super flexible you can use it for so many things Mm.
1: That's the good thing about a lot of teaching sort of ideas, and I always say this to my teachers, is steal and adapt. Yeah. If you like we... an idea, but you don't think the one as is, as I'm giving it to you, is going to be suitable, just ask yourself a few questions. How can I adapt it for my students? What changes can I make? Or what could I use this for? You know? Yeah, yeah.
0: Not yeah, bad. and actually I think uh, Harry Waters said in at some point that he, yeah, he basically thinks of teacher training and teacher educating as giving somebody ideas and then letting them go and improve them.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Hi,
0: Harry. I think he listens.
1: Sometimes he does. (laughs) Um, Brilliant. Okay.
0: You got one more for us? Uh, Yep. So the other thing I quite like doing is sketchnoting live. So technically this is more of a kind of visual recording in a way. So that would be, like, for example, a couple of weeks ago, my students were reviewing how to, when to use capital letters in class. Because as I said, I've got a lot of students who uh, are maybe Farsi speakers, Arabic speakers, so uh, capital letters are uh, quite tricky for them. Yeah. So basically we made a massive sketch note of all the different times that you use um, capital letters. And next to each one, like, for example for nationalities we had a world map with a little person holding a flag and then for countries we had uh, some flags for streets we had like a little street sign those kind of things and then yeah all the students just took pictures of it and I really hope that they've gone home and have memorized it and it's sunk in a lot more than maybe it would have if it was just a whole list of examples which was what i used to do
1: absolutely you know cities names you know and if you're you're struggling to read and write those words are it's going to be a struggle like you say yeah, to process yeah. it whereas a picture is just so much easier yeah so much
0: easier yeah and it can stay there the entire class which is amazing mm yeah I think
1: like if teachers are listening to this and thinking, oh, I'm not sure, I would say just take a leap of faith and try something new because I'm all about trying new things. And I mean, I think at the very minimum, what teachers could do is if they're putting vocab on the board, if you can draw a picture instead of writing the word, do that. Yeah, I think just the absolute minimum. It's so easy. So, and, yeah. and you know, it doesn't matter if you're a crap artist. I'm an awful artist. Um, and I've been mocked many a time, but <laughs> so have I, you know, you just, uh, that's part of the fun. That's part of yeah. the, the fun. You can't take yourself too seriously. So, uh, laugh along, you know,
0: yeah, totally. I mean, there's things that still aren't in my, in my visual vocabulary. I was asked to draw Glasgow the other day, or Glasgow came up and I was thinking, how do I draw this? It was like trying to draw the squinty bridge and the Finiston crane and it just, it, it was not in my visual vocabulary at all, but my students and I had a really good laugh.
1: Yeah. I think if oh. someone asked me to draw Dublin, I, you just kind of think of the the most iconic building, I suppose, or monument, yeah. don't you? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's good. I love this. This is, it's so interesting. It's so, so interesting. Um, where can people find you, Emily? Because I'm going
0: to imagine that a lot of people will be listening to this and they will want to know more. Cool. Okay, so I have a website. It's called it's at emilybrysonelt.com. And on the website, uh, there's I've got online courses if you want to build your visual vocabulary and learn how to draw really simple icons for the classroom. And I've got a module on an introduction to graphic facilitation. So that's where you get to do all the real magic stuff like visual templates and containers and um, creating your own graphic organizers and GIFs and things like that. There's lots of really cool, fun things to do there. Um, there's also I've got a free ebook on graphic facilitation for English language teaching professionals. And that's got some videos in it or a video demonstrating just really simple icons that every ELT teacher should know. So that'll be things like reading, writing, speaking, listening, all those kind of things, a pen, a pencil. Um, I've got other lots of freebies on there, actually. I've got a lesson plan uh, with like a video story uh, using adult phonics. Um, And I've got the active meditation with the five senses that I told you about and there's an uh, elt footprint lesson on there as well which is great for every level really because it's just a whole load of pictures which can be adapted to use at every level i did it with my beginners last year and i used it with my intermediate class last week and it went down really well
1: fantastic we love um uh adaptable (sighs) sorry i'm very it's friday guys it's Friday. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> um, versatile. versatile, versatile Yeah, <laughs> versatile,
0: adaptable, use and reuse and repurpose. That's yes. what you can do with all the graphic facilitation stuff.
1: That's it. You're only yeah. going to get better, aren't you? The more yeah. you do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, when I look back at where I was, when I look back on my roadmap of where I was maybe five years ago when I was first doing, when I first encountered graphic facilitation, I have come a long way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I imagine. And I, we were having a conversation last week about this as well. Like, you, you know, you were saying you just you experienced a bit of a slump in your career. You know, I think it happens to everyone where you kind of go, oh, doing this again. Um, yeah. And, you know, teachers are, I think, naturally very creative. And I think this is an excellent way to tap into that creativity and just make yourself happier.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of teachers are very creative. Mm. And I find that sometimes curriculums can be quite restrictive, Absolutely. if you have the option to adapt whatever the curriculum is in whatever way, using a pen, then great. That's that's it. I mean,
1: there's no kind of extra work involved, which, you know, is, let's face it, Mm -hmm. everything that we need.
0: (laughs) Yeah, possibly even less work, in fact.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank yeah. you so much Emily this yeah, has been no really worries. really interesting it's really piqued my curiosity as well um it's kind of got me quite excited about what i'm going to do next week in class and
0: oh good you know so rejuvenated of your out. teaching module sorry it's rejuvenated your teaching module
1: yes it has Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And guys, everything that we've mentioned, the, um, the website, Emily's website, the 1001 pictures, we'll put all of that on the show notes. Um, okay. and I, I really do suggest that you follow Emily if you don't already on any of the social medias and just, just even following her posts, you know, you can see examples
0: of things that she does. And it's just, it's delightful. Oh,
1: <laughs>
0: it really is. I like to bring a bit of color and joy to people. Oh. Yeah.
1: yeah. We so need more I'm, of that. I'm,
0: Yeah, I'm at Emily Bryson ELT on far too many social media platforms.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really,
0: really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. It's been great.
1: All right, guys. And as per usual... How can I, how many times can I say this? If you are not subscribed to Everything EFL, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Just pause this recording and hit the subscribe button. Thank you very much. Follow me on the social medias. Contact me if you need any help or advice or support or if you just want to say something nice to me. I will appreciate that. Talk me up to your colleagues. Share any of my posts on social media. Look after yourselves. Be kind to yourselves. And as always, guys, share the love. Bye. <laughs> We'll